The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so grateful that you're here. I have so much that I want to dive into with today's guest, so I'll just go ahead and share his story before we uh, have him join the call. That way we can um, save a little bit of time because I got a long list of questions, y'all. All right. At age 26, so I'm reading this from his point of view. At age 26, I was a captain in the world's most powerful military, the U.S. Air Force. In late winter 2001, just nine months before 9-11, I left the Air Force when all my military buddies were leaving for high-paying jobs with government contractors. I gave my things away and went walk about into the world. Just three weeks into my journey, late one evening while hitchhiking through northern Wales en route to wherever, I experienced an intense emotional meltdown in an old phone booth. My whole body shook with deep, tearful sobs as the pain I had, buried so long beneath a mask of perfected stone, ruptured like an earthquake from my core. I couldn't go back to my old life, but I had no idea where else to go. I felt utterly lost. I had no idea who I was. Over the next few years, I would desperately seek to connect with my life as I backpacked across Europe, the Middle East, India, and Australia. I spent months living with Egyptians in Cairo who adopted me into their lives as their own brother and son. They stuffed me so full of breads and meat and water from the Nile that I got dysentery and prayed for a quick death. A short time later, I lived with an oddly self-absorbed holy man in India who forcibly attempted to commit me to an Ayurveda hospital. In late 2001, I made a solemn spiritual pilgrimage to Auschwitz, the Nazi German concentration camp in Poland, where, as I walked a lonely country road just two months after 9-11, a mysterious white ash fell gently from the sky upon me. I studied French in France, where I met a woman. I married her five weeks after we met, 
and after only eight months of wedded blindness, she threw me out of our quaint Bordeaux Centreville apartment. This was when it began to dawn on me. I had no idea how to really love a woman or how to be happy or even grateful for all God, life, love had always given me. So after two years wandering the planet, surviving desert bugs, capricious French women, and aggressive gurus in India, I was back in the USA. I was exhausted and finally ready to surrender my life to something other than sadness, desperation, and my own ego. By 2014, having already coached over 130 private clients, I expanded to coaching couples. When my blog, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, went viral, being read by over 30 million people worldwide. Couples around the world started reaching out for help. Somewhere along my journey from military soldier to spiritual warrior, through the dunk hells of heartbreak and despair, I slowly rediscovered the thrill of being alive and the courage to fully live this wondrous life I was born for. Marianne Williamson says about this man, He's a warrior for love in every sense of the word. Please help me welcome Brian Reeves to Untamed and Unashamed. What's up, Jade? Hi. I'd love to talk about what it actually means to choose her every day or leave her. Really specifically, what does it mean to truly choose her every day? That title was inspired, actually. Uh, this was in my early days of coaching couples uh, very or back in 2014, and I was working with um, a, a couple and there's actually a woman that said this, that spoke something like this. She was just reflecting on her challenge around her relationship with her partner. And, and she said something like, you know, I should, I really just need to, to choose him. I need to just choose him. And, and if I can't do that, then, then again, I don't remember the exact words, mm -hmm. but I, I remember thinking, of fucking course. And, uh, and just to be clear, she didn't say those words, choose him every day or leave him. I didn't plagiarize <laughs> my title from a, from a client. Um, but she was speaking this, this very clearly, this, um, the clarity that, that, that it unleashed an awareness in me that I had, see, I was healing from a five-year relationship in which, I was, I, although my mouth said I was in my actions, my energy, um, I was, I was, I was half in half out for five, mm -hmm. six years. Mm -hmm. and, and that inspired the, the blog by that name, choose her every day or leave her. Um, in fact, the, the, the beginning of that sentence, the beginning of that, that, that essay in that chapter that says, um, I spent five years torturing a good woman. Mm -hmm. by staying with her, but never fully choosing her. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was really, that's been really resonant for people over all of these years as it continues to be, you know, I'm, I'm now with my wife, Sylvie, who, as you said, you, you interviewed her and you know her, you've met her, yeah. right? Um, and we're almost seven years together. And I met her at 41 mm -hmm. when I was 41. Mm -hmm. She was 32, 33 anyway. And um, I don't think that I was really ready to be all in on a relationship until I hit 40. Mm -hmm. And 
because I didn't know what it really took to show up, to lean in to the challenges that any relationship will present, to lean into them day after day after day after day. I mean, <clears throat> you know, a relationship isn't isn't successful because we get married on, on a day and we pledge our allegiance to each other and then we're happy forevermore. No, a relationship is successful because we lean into the challenges as they show up mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And and look, there are days when I run a run for the hills. I, you know, I need my my solo time. Sylvie needs her solo time. We need time apart. We need sometimes we just also we just we just need a break. Mm-hmm. I don't mean a break from the relationship, but we just need to go do our own thing for a day or for you know, I'll travel sometimes. I might go for a week somewhere or some with my guys. I have my 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 men's group that I'll go do things with. Everyone needs a break, but you know, we're, we're daily leaning into the challenges that mm-hmm. bring. And I think that's, that's one way of languaging what it really means to choose your partner every day. Yeah. And it's interesting because, um, you talked about all in or being half in half out. And I've, I have had so many partners that are all in, they're fully committed, mm-hmm. they're fully loyal, mm-hmm. but they, I didn't still feel chosen. Um, mm-hmm. because for me to feel chosen is to be fully accepted um, for my innermost being. And so I'm curious, what do we women do if we don't feel chosen in that way? If we, you know, yeah, there's, there's actually a a chapter in the book titled, um, how to, I can't remember the exact name of the chapter, but something about how to make sure you're never not chosen again, Mm. how to ensure you're never not chosen Mm -hmm. again, because I, 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 you know, I, I look at my experience of five years and I was with a woman that, I mean, it was a vicious cycle we were in. She could feel me not choosing her fully. Mm -hmm. And rather than just let me go, rather than just stand up for herself uh, with a deep breath and maybe a lot of deep breaths and just say, okay, this man isn't all in with me. And she could feel it. Mm -hmm. uh, And then just say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. She chose to fight over and over and not, not just fight for us, but fight, fight me. Mm-hmm. Her style was to fight. I've always chosen fighters <laughs> because I'm a fighter. So I need, I, on some level, I need a fighter. But, but <laughs> what I've learned is to fight. You know, we need to fight for the relationship, not fight against each other mm-hmm. to get the other to do something we want them to do. Mm-hmm. So. You know, one of the, I think one of the, to to answer your question, I think, I think to ensure that you're never not chosen again, um, I think it begins with choosing ourselves. Yeah. It really is about choosing ourselves first and and not, you know, there's this, there's this unhealthy or at least let's say unhelpful association with, with, you know, choosing myself first as a, as a, like a selfish narcissism an un, unwanted, undesired, bad form of narcissism. And look, there are, we got to draw lines somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't, and this is the balance. This is the dance of intimacy. I mean, I, I, my relationship with my wife is successful because I do prioritize my own well-being mm-hmm. and I prioritize hers. Yeah. Both. It's both and, not either or. Mm-hmm. So it begins there. Yeah. And I love um, Byron Katie's work around um, 
there's like a judge your neighbor type um, practice you can do where you write out basically, um, and it's something I lead clients through as well, is like you write out where what your wound is in the relationship. And then she gets you to like change the language in a way where like you actually um, see that you're doing it to yourself. So I know for me, my um, a big wound for me in relationships where I haven't felt chosen has been partners not trusting my intuition. Um, and often men can use the excuse to not trust a woman's intuition as, well, as the man, I'm more logical. Or, well, I have intuition too, and mine says differently, but in a way that is very untrusting. Yeah. Um, and for me, it can feel like my heart wisdom is not valued and kind of being wasted instead of being cherished. Um, but if I really look within, I can see where I've done that to myself. Mm -hmm. And um, where I may not only be possibly projecting it on him, but where I can up level in my self relationship. Yeah. Um, but also, why do you think that that might be a recurring theme for women? Um, mm -hmm. Men not do you think it's a mother wound or not trusting their own feminine or? Well, first of all, I love Byron Katie's work. I did her I did her nine day school for the work years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> profound, one of the most profound workshop experiences I've ever done. Um, her work is, 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 is infused throughout mine as well. Yeah. So I uh, really appreciate your, your work and your perspective and your understanding around that. You know, Byron Katie said something that has stood with me forever is, um, whenever someone leaves me, I know I've been spared. Mm. Whenever Ooh. someone leaves me, I know I've been spared. Wow. <sighs> So you ask a you ask a really big and beautiful question. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there's so many layers and nuances. I, I think, but but what does come up for me is one of the when when I work with heterosexual couples particularly, but I've also encountered this when I work with same sex couples. Mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 intimacy is is a dance of opposites of complementary mm -hmm. energies. You know, my my. There's a reason that I don't want to marry or fuck my best guy friend, you know, mm -hmm. but I do my woman, Sylvie, I do my lady. And by the way, when I say my woman, I mean that poetically. I don't mean that I actually own her. So some people object to that language. I just want to speak it, call it out. No, I want to be owned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and not owned, you know, it's like you're free, free, you're free and you're mine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but when I when I when I work with couples, this there's there there's there's often this or inevitably this fundamental dance of values at play, right? We know this 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 these masculine and feminine values of of freedom and connection. And I find in most heterosexual couples, the male partner tends to be more of a stand for the freedom value, mm -hmm. at least initially and predominantly. And the female partner tends to be a stand more for the connection value, again, at least initially and predominantly. I mean, there are times when I'm very much a stand for connection between Sylvie and I, and I feel if I feel her, her connection, attention wandering a bit, I don't mean to another man, I just mean mm -hmm. she's focusing on other things, or they're just she's just missing something that I'm needing, I will presence the need for connection. But overwhelmingly, Sylvie's the one that really brings connection awareness and practice and desire and need to our relationship and, mm -hmm. and uh, i tend to 
again, defaults to more of the freedom concern. I call myself the freedom fighter of our relationship. And I call Sylvie the feelings fighter mm. of our relationship. She's, she's fighting for the feelings to be allowed and embraced and enjoyed. And because in, it's in the feelings that, 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 that she feels connected and me too, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Right. When, when feelings are present. So, you know, I, I think that, I think that, and I think this is a really beautiful, essential gift that for the most part, women really bring to the world, to intimacy. And I think it's the gift that humanity needs most right now, the capacity to connect mm-hmm. with each other beyond our 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 allegiance, our loyalties to ideas and logic, to freedom, you know, the whole, the whole freedom, give me freedom or give me death. Mm-hmm. Look, freedom's essential. We all need to feel free as adults. We need to feel our freedom to make the choices that we feel called to make. But we're so overdosed on the freedom drug that in our, our, our culture, our world, we are disconnected from our own bodies, from each other, from the or anything planet, but free. from nature. Exactly. And in that, exactly, we're trapped, actually. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, it's it's a it's the it's both the the, the burden and the gift that that women bear mm-hmm. that we need, but that see men are going to reject because that's been our programming. Mm our programming. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember years ago, a friend of mine <clears throat> sharing a story with me. He was sitting with his wife having, having, uh, they'd been having marital problems for f- quite some time. And him and his wife were sitting on their couch in their living room, talking about their relationship. They'd been talking maybe a couple hours. And she just finally says, you know what? I just don't feel connected to you. He looks around and he's says, okay, we're in the same room together. We live in this house. We got kids together. I come home every day to you. I'm sitting here. We're talking about our relationship. And he's just thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't feel connected to me. What the fuck does that even mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, you know, this is at the crux of of our of this challenge of this difficulty is that we connect differently men and men and men tend to connect differently and women tend to connect differently every individual has their own needs for how they feel connected and i think again that's when i'm when i do couples work I, you know couples think they have problems around sex or money, you know, finances, or parenting, or or social media, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that those may all be true. But underneath it, what couples are experiencing is a what I call a crisis of connection. Mm. A crisis of yeah. connection. So I want to go into connection a, um, a bit. But if I'm understanding um, the answer to the intuition piece, is it that if a man listens to a woman's intuition, he feels his freedom is kind of in well. Danger. Well, thank you for bringing bringing me back to that. Good. So it, it's it's um because it, just to clarify too, for me, um, I feel like my intuition is part of my greatest gift, and it's part yeah. of my power in the world. And so for my for for me to not be able to um, be seen for that in partnership can feel really 
not chosen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Well, I think any relationship, two people coming together, we we have to be willing to be influenced by each other. Mm-hmm. Influence, like inflow. We we we, you know, if you're in partnership, Jade, with someone who is unwilling to experience the inflow of your presence, of what you, of your gifts, of what you have to offer, that is going to be devastating to you. I mean, why are you even in this relationship if this person isn't willing to to be influenced yeah. by you and vice versa for that matter? Mm-hmm. So 100%. The challenge is though, indeed, um, I think for, for again, for many men, obviously nothing applies to everybody, but I, I think for, for, for many men, this certainly applies to me. I mean, I, I definitely, am, you know, I think as a man, one of the, 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 the practices and the stretches that I've been leaning into for like 10 years is the practice of, of surrender, of trusting intuition of, you know, there's an article in my book, choose her every day. There's a chapter titled how I met Sylvie by trusting my intuition. Mm. And though there's a part of me that has resisted trusting my own intuition. If I don't trust my intuition, how am I going to trust yours? Mm. Mm -hmm. So I I think, I think this is a, I think it's an understandable resistance that a, that a partner is going to have to your intuition. It's also understandable that that's going to be devastating and and painful for you. And and I think that I think that you know my sense is that the the, the partner that that you'll succeed with, you would succeed with, and I, I'm just speaking in generalities here, mm-hmm. is is the one not who's going to do everything that your intuition says you or he should do. Because if he's if he if he just uh, hands over his will to your intuition, that's not going to be very sexy for you. It's you're not ultimately, it's not going to feel good. It's going to be depolarizing. I mean, it's just not gonna. Um, but, you know, you two will be in the practice in in the sometimes uncomfortable dance of, mm-hmm. of partnering together in deciding and and figuring out okay so here's the intuitive hit here's the intuitive uh expression whatever that means now what do we do with it Mm, right just dismiss it discard it not an option yeah but but perhaps also believe it to the t and do exactly what it tells us to do every time also probably not an option Mm mm-hmm so how do you find your way together? How do you hold your intuition with great reverence and love and still invite in his intuition and his, you know, I remember I worked with a coach years ago who was all intuition based, a woman, woman coach, all intuition based. I mean, she, 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 we had a lot of issues, not because of her intuition, but, but we, it didn't go well for a long period of time with this woman. She also didn't, she didn't honor boundaries. Christian mm. told her to violate boundaries. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not that's not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it turned out that, that it was very harmful and very unhelpful. But we had this moment. We got a. I was traveling with her and in, in, uh, and her husband and Sylvie was actually with me at the time, and and we were in New York um, during a snowstorm, and we were driving to the grocery store. And I remember our car got stuck. We pulled over to the side of the road, and the car got stuck. And me and the me and the husband are outside um, trying to figure out how do we get the car out of the, you know, where the wheels are spinning in the snow. And, and, and this, this woman starts 
uh, on the intuition thing. Well, my intuition says do this and do this. <clears throat> well, her husband and I operating more on just okay what are the physics what are the what are the physics needs of this moment <laughs> okay yeah. we, we had a board we had some we just put the board and i said yeah yeah thank you thank you for your intuition we're gonna we're actually gonna try this first and we tried the thing first and we got the car out of the snow yeah you know so <clears throat> um i don't think you know i, I are there any certain answers about how to hold intuition in this? I don't think so. I think life is best lived as an inquiry. Hmm. And I think that's what intuition also really offers often is yeah. an inquiry. Is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah. And the guest I interviewed right before you was NQ and his um, name oh, love, for in question. Yeah. <laughs> so you brought up connection and how really that's what women are, are desiring a majority of the time. And, I'm curious, um, because one of my questions for you was going to be, how can men take initiative and create daily connections so that our needs are met? But are you feeling that because that's really the woman's desire that like, that's mainly our role in the relationship or? No. Okay, so how can men? Oh, I, I think, no, men, we need to, to succeed in relationship, we must be caring about how connection is created every day. If I just let my wife figure that out for us she would be frustrated and resentful in a very short period of time which is what happens a lot yeah yeah a hundred percent in fact you know i i so we've been together almost seven years and even before we lived together um i made a conscious choice to every day i would be the one who would initiate relationship that day which means i would call her first or text her i would redo the reaching out first so that she doesn't have to feel like she's chasing me mm. every day yeah which is all, so common it's mm -hmm. so common that that even in those day-to-day -day interactions a woman will quickly feel like she, if she doesn't call he never will mm -hmm. or he'll take days to, to reach out to her for a lot of us puts makes us feel like we're actually stepping into the masculine yeah you're becoming the pursuer mm -hmm. now you're the creator of 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 you're you're giving direction to the relationship and it doesn't feel good it, and and then again you don't feel chosen mm -hmm. so anyway i i i um early on in our relationship and to this day i mean i'm still very mindful about how my wife feels chosen by me every day and just little things. I mean, we have a ritual every morning where um, we, uh, we hug in the morning, at least, you know, six, six seconds, good quality hug every morning. It's not comfortable for me, Jade. It's not, I don't want to do this every damn day. I don't want, like, I, I, I tend to be more uh, avoidant in our, in the, in the, if we're going to switch over to attachment style, tendencies for a moment i tend to be more avoidant but also you know just that masculine value of freedom i don't want to fucking do anything that i don't want to do at any moment i don't want yeah, to do. most men don't want to feel anything <laughs> that's obligatory 100 you know? percent. And, and if we can switch the obligatory word to um intentional maybe that's helpful <laughs> well i'm choosing this i want to be with this woman this is the choice that i'm making and with choices does come obligation Mm. I do think that men, I think that I get it. Look, I, and I write about this, you know, obligation is bondage. Obligation, I, you know, I, I believe in doing relationship as invitation, 
not obligation. Hmm. My wife shouldn't obligate me. It doesn't, let's just say, uh, never mind, shouldn't. It's not skillful or helpful mm-hmm. or useful for my wife to obligate me to do anything. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm choosing this. I'm choosing to be married to her. I'm choosing to live with her. I'm choosing to be in relationship with her. And I want to thrive in this experience. I don't want to just merely survive it mm-hmm. or just merely get by. And so there are ways in my own internal makeup, yes, I will obligate myself to do things. It's like devotion. I mean, when when you're devoted to a practice, you do it every day, whether or not you want to or not. Mm-hmm. Whether it feels good, whether you're devoted to, you know, to the gym, to taking care of your to to your your physical health, whether you're devoted to a meditation practice, whether you're devoted to uh, some career ambition, you go to work every day, even if you don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Look, some days you call out sick because you just can't show up for that day and that's fine. But otherwise, I mean, there are obligations that we put on ourselves because they are in service of a greater vision. Yeah. And that's, for me, that feels profoundly empowering. I'm choosing Mm -hmm. this. I'm taking this on and, and owning that is, is deeply uh, enriching to my soul and to my being. And it ain't easy on 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 most days even but yeah. i'm committed to this path um, mm-hmm. i'm not just committed i'm devoted mm-hmm. to being married to sylvie and to and to creating an extraordinary relationship with with her and so yeah, yeah i take on i mean she does in her own way but i take on all all the little things the little moments where i know that i can either choose connection or i can run away mm. And again, Jade, it's a daily practice. Yeah. Daily. I think any man with a woman who is alive in her body, who's connected to whether it's her intuition or her feelings or her 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 own her her reality, any man is going to be regularly overwhelmed by her. <laughs> yeah. I am regularly overwhelmed by my wife. Uh-huh. But we dance. This is how we dance. You know, I'm take a deep breath, lean in. I have my boundaries. I mean, there's certain things that she's that that are not okay for her to, 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 you know, when I hit my max, yeah, we talk about it. Mm -hmm. Look, I got a max. I gotta, I I gotta bow out for, (laughs) for a minute or a day or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's okay. I mean, that's, this is the dance. Yeah. Why do you feel, um, because that's so beautiful, but I feel that, um, when a lot of women say, um, you know, my needs aren't met when it comes to connection or when it comes to whatever area that our spiritual connection, whatever it is. Um, it feels like um, a lot of men either do nothing with that information mm-hmm. or they feel that the woman is trying to change them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I've uh, pulled this. I don't know if you created this um, title, but I've pulled it from you. Uh, Typically then comes the masculine checkout syndrome um, where they tend to either avoid it altogether or they shut down and they're just, you know, so what's the root of that and and what do we do with it? Yeah. Masculine checkout syndrome. uh, That is a completely imaginary term that I made up. (laughs) Well, Um, it's real to me. (laughs) It's a completely real. It's a completely real. That's what I mean. It's a completely real thing that I totally made up. Okay. <laughs> um, men, we just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. 
and and that's part of the the issue we live in doing our, our identity comes from our doing and when we get the feedback from our partners that i'm not doing it right mm-hmm. i'm not doing it in the way that you need me to well that can trigger a lot of shame uh it can trigger anger it can trigger all, all the all the all the all the programs that we men are living with about about what makes us worthy as men. Mm-hmm. I can't satisfy a woman. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. We don't know how to be with that and what to do with it. We don't actually, and it's like my friend on the couch. Okay, your needs for connection aren't getting met. Well, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, I'm here, aren't I? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting right in front of you. I mean, the, you know, most most men tend to think that if you're not bleeding, the house ain't on fire. You got no broken bones. We don't have to call the cops. You're not starving. No one, you know, you're not being chased by a tiger. We're fine. Mm-hmm. We got no problems. What the hell do you want from me? Mm-hmm. And most guys they get stuck there. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, yeah, we 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 check out. That's the masculine, you know, masculine checkout syndrome is often the result. Uh, it doesn't have to be even just because of that. I mean, most men live in masculine checkout syndrome. We're just mm-hmm. our bodies are in the room, but emotionally, we're we're checked out. We're gone, mm-hmm. or or we're just living in our stories and our our conclusions and judgments and all all, all of the you know the heady stuff that that we think we have evidence for, and it's true. And, you know, yeah, if, if you woman would just see it this way, or just, you know, one of my big wounds, Jade is, is, um, feeling like, uh, not feeling seen in my heart. Like I always have, I believe I always have good intentions. And yet, despite my good intentions, I have spent a lifetime of being with women who are giving me the feedback that it ain't enough. Yeah. That I'm doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. In fact, that that's a word that I ban from from relationship work. Right and wrong. We don't use those words. Right and wrong because it's not helpful. It just invites debate. Should really be banned in the world. I w- I would tend to agree with that. It just invites debate. It doesn't actually. It's not connecting language. It just creates um, adversarial conditions. So anyway, um, but th- this is it. I mean, we we just we men we don't know. We don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Our fathers were clueless. Our uncles were even more clueless. Mm-hmm. You know, the, our buddies on the playground were horrible influences. Mm-hmm. Pop culture isn't helpful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's one of the things that I'm so excited about and lit up by and and core to my mission in the world is helping mm-hmm. men understand how to do relationship well, um, how to be Mm-hmm. with all that arises in in relationship how to be with <clears throat> you know my i told you i'm regularly overwhelmed by my partner mm-hmm. she has a lot more emotional range than i tend to have mm-hmm. and um part of the what she is inviting me into part of her influence towards mm-hmm. me is allowing my is is learning from me learning to feel yeah well i was in the military the military you know, just being a man in this culture, a boy in this culture. And then on top of that, the military for 10 years, man, I was just, you know, life cut my head off from my body. Couldn't feel anything 20 years ago. I literally could not feel a thing 20 years ago when I got out of the military. Mm -hmm. 
and I've chosen a woman who feels so much because I also want to feel. Yeah. You know, I've chosen a woman who brings the gift of feeling life into my experience. But if I'm not conscious of what's happening, I will then reject the very gift I am I want from her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about this specifically also when it comes to the bedroom. Like, what does it look like for a man to bring his full, raw mm-hmm. sexual power to his woman? Because um, I think that a lot of women are craving that, but that's a really hard area to talk to a man about because you definitely don't want to, you know, it's, it's, yeah. <clears throat> well, again, here we have, you know, we, we've got to talk about the epidemic of porn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm, I'm 48. I didn't grow up with smartphone porn, porn in my pocket. Yeah. I had to work for it. I had to wait for it. I had to wait for my mom's Victoria's Secret catalog <laughs> to arrive in the mail. You know, the spring issue. I had to wait a year for the spring <laughs> issue to come out. <laughs> Uh, these days, you know, you got the Akashic records of pornography in your pocket. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a real epidemic uh, that affects more couples than realize they're being affected by that. Mm-hmm. But I, but, but to to put that to the side for a moment, um, what a lot of men lack is the capacity to simply attune, pay attention to what is what their 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 partner's body mm-hmm. because men lack attunement to their own body yeah and you know men we tend to need big extreme experiences in order to feel anything mm-hmm. that's why we tend to be drawn to extreme sports mm-hmm. uh you know dangerous risky situations because we come alive we feel something pornography makes a guy feel something really really fast sex makes him feel something Mm -hmm. and the problem with that though is that you know and and many women also i know are disconnected from their bodies because of all kinds of trauma and programming i mean a lot of similar things that men experience but i think just the the biology of a woman's body her hormones the ways that that you know her her body prepares for childbirth on a monthly basis Uh, all the oxytocin that courses through her body more so than a man's body you know testosterone is is very numbing for men actually in terms of their capacity to feel and um um when men lack awareness around this and we show up in the bedroom and we think well i just got to pound my woman into submission mm-hmm. i've got to you know jackrabbit our way to pleasure mm-hmm. well that, that may work for him because he's creating again a big feeling experience intensity mm-hmm. but she many women obviously you could speak to this better than i could jade but but women tend to need oh my goodness they need us men to slow the fuck down Mm-hmm. to you know I, you know my my wife has taught me that that you know early in our relationship that less is more in a way mm-hmm. certainly at the beginning you know at the at the beginning of a sexual interaction of a sexual um yeah experience with each other that that you know big movements actually aren't helpful mm-hmm. lots of intensity pressure not helpful yeah right but but again men tend to need the opposite Mm-hmm. to feel something so um what 
I'm, I'm curious, I'm kind of speaking to this, but what is this helpful? Is this answering your question? What- yeah, and I think it really, you, nail, you nailed it, pun intended, <laughs> um, at the beginning of your question where you said, what I've noticed in our culture is as soon as people are sick, they take a pain reliever, or if they're struggling with anxiety or depression, they sit in front of the television, or they scroll social media. It's like a complete like get out of the body, get out of the body. And for me as a woman, what I'm really craving and what feels to me like raw sexual power from a man is him really fully being in his body, mm-hmm. like so much so that it feels like he's like channeling God, you know, and yeah. um, that that's how we access that in our in our sex life, you know, and if he's not able to be with himself, like really be present in his body and sit with himself and um, not run from any discomfort, mm-hmm. then, then I don't know that that can be brought into the bedroom. It's no secret that shame free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well being. And accessible, expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials, and smart design principles. And they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more, including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy. I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelt A-E-R. It's called air it's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation it creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away guys i have like eight to ten orgasms almost every time i use it i use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice you will not be disappointed they're also sending me a bunch of their other products so i'll keep you updated but as of right now this one's my favorite and i highly recommend it Go to dameproducts.com and use code Jade today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. You know, great intimacy. You know, one of my teachers, Steve James, defined intimacy in a way that was really a revelation for me. He he said intimacy is 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 seeing what is there to be seen and mm-hmm. feeling what is there to be felt. Mm-hmm. feeling what is there to be felt and seeing what is there to be seen. And again, if we men are bypassing constantly and we are, what is, you know, we're not seeing what is in our bodies to be seen. I mean, I, I, I regularly for, don't even realize I'm thirsty. <laughs> I forget to drink water for hours because I'm so mission focused. You know, it's like, it's that simple. Yeah. Just realizing I'm thirsty <laughs> or tired but we're so mission focused. And then again, we take that into the bedroom. Not only can I not see 
what's going on in my body. How the hell am I going to see what's going on in my woman's body or feel mm-hmm. what's going on in hers when I'm, I'm numbed out to mine? If anything, I'm using sex as an opportunity to wake my, wake my body up. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just using hers as an instrument for my capacity to feel something. Yeah. Yeah. My best friend, Tom Shadiak always says intimacy into me. See, into me. See, I love Tom. I love Tom. I got to meet him and work with him a bit in LA years ago through some other work I was doing. And what a a good dude. Uh, Yeah. He's, he's the best. Um, yeah. And, um, I feel that it can, it's so scary for a woman to talk to a man about this area of their lives, because even if, um, Mm -hmm. Even if they just want to expand, which this can be an extreme example, but to say like, you know, I want to explore getting flogged, like that can be really scary for a man. And and so it's like such an, such a difficult area to navigate. But if, if I think if you have these foundational areas that you've spoke on where you, you're coming from a place of connection, it's not as, um, terrifying, you know, you're already connected. Right. Well, and I think, look, I, I, I'm not for catering to people's egos. And I don't I don't ever teach women to, to cater to a man's ego and and, you know, bullshit him, blow sunshine up his ass to. Uh, however, it is essential that women offer feedback mm-hmm. of their experience. And and you can do that in ways that are that are still reassuring we all need reassurance in, in the same way that, you know, my, my wife needs reassurance from me that I love her. I'm not going anywhere. I think she's beautiful and amazing. She doesn't, she doesn't just need that reassurance five years ago and now she's good for the rest of our life. I've heard you call it relationship needles. Yeah. Language needles. Exactly. Language needles. Yeah. These sentences that, that help calm my partner's nervous system. Mm-hmm. Well, I need those too. I need reassurance too. I mean, like I, I regularly, I regularly um, do or say things that to my wife aren't helpful <laughs> or aren't connecting regularly, mm-hmm. regularly. And I need, I need her feedback, but I need it in a way I particularly need it. Other men may be able to look harshness never works in relationships but the way that you know so we kind of have to find our own way with this but but i need my wife to give me feedback in ways that are respectful that are kind Mm -hmm. that are that are honoring that that you know for example like what you're talking about like a, a woman who who is maybe wanting to offer feedback sexually to her partner and doesn't know how to approach it because she's afraid he might get angry, which he might. I know men do, mm-hmm. you know, and there's potential danger in that. I mean, I get it. I get it. This is this is potentially fraught with all kinds of difficulty because even if a man isn't dangerous, but he goes into that shame spiral and rather than what she's wanting is for him to have more capacity to be present with her and to and to and to and to love her in ways that will open her that she'll feel safe and 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 blissed out and and all of that and um so she's really standing for him stepping into even more presence uh yeah. and and more excuse me more 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 we could just use the word power and but again, for a lot of men, because we don't know what to do, mm-hmm. or we feel criticized quickly, mm-hmm. we can go into shame. Yeah. And now instead of being more present, we've actually become we've we've now just disappeared. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of times, even though it's, it's talking about sex, a lot of times it can feel like their mother's voice, whether she was totally telling them, you know, so there's, there's that wound there that can be or, like that. Or, or dad's voice or so many yeah. other voices that just basically say, you're a piece of shit. You don't yeah. know what you're doing. You, you can't do this. I mean, it, it, it can start as simple as, you know, a dad asking for the flathead screwdriver when you're six years old in the garage and you give him the Phillips head and he's just, he's like, Jesus Christ, I fucking asked for the flathead. Are you so yeah. stupid? You don't even know like that right there. Oh, can, I was talked to. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like that all of a sudden. So, Again, while I'm I'm not suggesting that that you know we cater to each other's egos, but we all need reassurance. We mm-hmm. all need to hear that we're okay. That despite the fact that okay, you're giving me feedback that may be uncomfortable to hear, but I'm still in your circle of belonging. You're not kicking me out of the mm-hmm. circle of belonging. I'm not a threat of losing you because I'm not doing it the way you want me to. Mm-hmm. I need to hear that reassurance. Yeah, <sighs> you know, and that's what like language needles. You know, like, like my wife, some of the, some of the things that she'll tell me that are really helpful are, um, you're not doing anything wrong. Mm. Okay. That's helpful to hear from me. <laughs> yeah. Even though, even though I don't believe in those words, <laughs> yeah. it's still, it's still my, you know, my, my little psycho brain, my little, the little tyrant predator inside of me. That's, that's telling me all the bad things about myself mm-hmm. is constantly thinking I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. So when my wife tells me that, okay. Yeah. Wrong. That's helpful. Yeah. Okay. Just an area to grow in. Well, it's just a, it's a new way to, how can we, how can we do this dance a little different? Mm-hmm. Right. Again, I'm, I am, I am devoted to my wife having a good experience with me. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to betray myself for her to have that experience. Yeah but she would never ask me to. Yeah. But anyway, it's a dance. Yeah. And I'm curious the dance uh, between, uh, I know you've said real relationship begins where your fantasy ends. So how do we know though, that dance of like, what's fantasy and what's our actual (laughs) needs? Um, Because, you know, you can look at what I've mocked up as like what I want in a relationship and it can sound like a freaking fantasy erotic novel to some people, you know, and I'm, I'm curious, like in those conversations too, like how do we decide, um, well, this is a fantasy I need to lie down, or this is actually a need. And also what compromise and when to see that our needs are just simply not being met. I know that um, in your relationship, there's a similar, um, there's similarity to mine in that you practice plant medicine. Sylvie does not. I'm a big time plant medicine practicer. My Mm. partner's not. Mm. There's, Mm. this isn't, this is not an area that I need. Mm -hmm. I can use it as an example of, Well, I feel that our connection could be so much deeper if we practice it together because yeah. there's like there's depths you go to that you can't reach in other ways, you know, and 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 possibly he would understand me more if he practiced. Not yeah. all the time, you know. Yeah. And and how much deeper would our spiritual connection be? So mm-hmm. that, is that a fantasy of mine? Is it a need? Um I could be an example or maybe something that we talked about, you know, with the bedroom or it can be um for some women that 6 second hug Mm-hmm. To the man, that's a fantasy, and to her, it's a need. You know, like how do you decipher what's a fantasy, what's a need, and what's a compromise? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the, I think the, you know, w- w- what what I need is is to feel connected. Mm-hmm. What I need is to feel free. 
Mm-hmm. How I get those things is up for negotiation. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, like like you say, like like plant medicine stuff. Yeah, that's been core central to my healing journey, to my awakening journey, to mm-hmm. to to connecting to myself, all, all of that. And um, what I what I and what I hear you describing too is the is the desire to feel more deeply connected to your partner. Mm-hmm. And I also believe, and I've told, I've, I think I told Sylvie this just yesterday. You know, I, like I, I would love for her to just travel more with me. I want to take her everywhere with me. Like I, I like playing video games. Like, babe, if you loved playing video games, holy shit, we would be, <laughs> we would have the coolest relationship. There's a, there's a YouTube couple where the girlfriend just watches her boyfriend play videos and she comments on them, and it's, they have millions of followers, and they like it's like they're funny and they're cute and and look that's not our work in the world but i but i have a fantasy you know that 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 sylvie would love to do that specific thing with me but she doesn't and she never will and i've tried um ain't happening but you know again that's not a that specific pathway to connection is is not a need Mm. the need is connection the need is to share life together. If we, if I, if we were doing so few things together that it just, at some point I, I, I started to just ask the question, like, are we really even doing life together? Mm. Are we just roommates? Yeah. What's happening here? Mm-hmm. You know, then, then, then it would beg, a, it would, it would require a conversation between us. Like, babe, what are we doing? Because we're just, we're not doing the things we're doing, like we're doing almost nothing together. Are we just roommates? What's happening here? Yeah. Now we're into, now we're into an inquiry to a, to a conversation around, okay, well, can we do more things together? Doesn't mean it has to be video games, but, but, you know, c- c- travel with me more or, or, mm-hmm. or sit with me while I, while I do some medicine journey and just be with me. You don't have to do the medicine, but just, but sit with me in it. You know, is that Okay. So I think it becomes now a, a you know, a, a, a mutual inquiry. How do we, because the desire is connection in the end. That's, that's mm-hmm. the desire. Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe. See, here's the thing. And this is true for Sylvie, and maybe it's true for your partner. That if, I know this is true for Sylvie, at least, well, look. I have the fantasy too, Jade. <laughs> fantasy. I want to believe it. I don't want to believe. It. But what 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 is what is what is very possible is that, and this has happened actually, that you know Sylvie does some medicine journey because I think it's going to be the greatest thing, and we're going to connect, and it fucks her up in a way that is really damaging to her, and takes her months or years to get over. Just like is that really more connecting if she knows it's not for her, at least not right now or in this context that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I have to trust that. Mm-hmm. And, and there, and it does require, I think, you know, you, you've done Byron Katie's work, you know, I, I think having recourse to these kinds of practices, questioning our thoughts, yeah. um, you know, realizing nothing is as true as we think it is all of that, that that's a, I think that's a beautiful spiritual practice that allows us to see the fantasy even believe in it i fucking believe my fantasies <laughs> i believe it if sylvie would just do xyz things would be so much better <laughs> <laughs> and you would it though i mean maybe you absolutely know it's true can i absolutely know it's true right was that question three of the work yeah 
Uh-huh. I absolutely know that that's true. I can't, you know, so I think, I think this is, that's what I love. I love doing relationship work because they really bring us to the confrontation of our, of our, our, our wounds, our fears, our insecurities, our, our, our fantasies, you know, they really allow us if we, if we, if we choose to confront these things, they, they really bring us into the moment, into reality, into being fully present in our bodies, in our lives. I mean, it's it, the relationship work is not for the, the timid or faint of heart. Yeah. 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 And I can see where, um, at the beginning of this interview, you talked about, um, and in your blog, you talk about choosing your partner and in your blog, you talk about like you're robbing them of the experience of being chosen by not leaving them if you're not choosing them, kind of, yes. you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know if conviction is the right word, but I felt the like, ah, maybe I'm not choosing my partner because mm. I want him to do plant medicine work with me or because I want, I want him to um, access God in these ways because then we can access God together because right. I, I don't, um, yeah. I don't do it the Christian way that he does it. Yeah. And so that, therefore we're not accessing God together. Yeah. yeah. And so I have all these things of like yeah. how I want him to be. And in a sense, I'm not choosing him, you yeah. know? Um, totally. And so it's really hard when you, when you come to that realization, because it doesn't always mean you want to leave. You know? <laughs> oh, Jade, I mean, you're, you're every couple, I think the Gottman Institute, the famous Gottman Institute, you know, who research, who's been researching couples for decades. Um, they they'll tell you that that every couple has two or three just irreconcilable differences you know mm-hmm. the things that they're going to argue about or disagree about for the rest for their entire lives together mm-hmm. every couple has a, at least a couple of those and if they're parents they can probably double it double it if you have kids yeah or a pet <laughs> <laughs> and and our our you know what I what I often tell couples is it's not the problems between you or the differences between you that's causing you problems. It's you're constantly trying to make those differences go away that's causing mm-hmm. you problems. Yeah. I'll say it one more time because that's 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 important. It's it's not the differences between you that's causing you problems. It's you constantly trying to make those differences go away that is causing you problems. Mm-hmm. So if you feel those differences are a cause for a lack of connection, do you find try to find connection outside of those differences? Basically, it's a solution. Well, I would say so. I mean, look, there are non-negotiable differences. If one of you wants a child and the other just doesn't, mm-hmm. that's probably not a bridgeable difference Mm -hmm. that's probably an an incompatibility that 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 is is only going to cause both of you great suffering Mm -hmm. over the course of your your time for so as long as you stay together so um i don't want to just suggest that every difference can be washed over by finding connection in some other way that that's not the case at all Mm -hmm. um however uh if there are other ways that you can meet the need that you're, you know, it's like get underneath 
the details. I, I talk about this a lot. I, I call it the level of the complaints. You know, we often fight at the level of the complaint. Like, you won't do plant medicine with me. Well, you keep fucking wanting me to do plant medicine with you. Well, what's under the complaint is the desire for connection and the desire you for know yourself so that I can know. Yeah. The desire to know each other at a more deeper level. Well, there's lots of ways that you can go about that that don't involve plant medicine. Yeah. And it may be that, you know, I think every relationship, Jade, for relationship to really thrive, we, we have to hold some heartbreak. Mm. We have to be able to hold some heartbreak, some, as you, you said earlier, you know, I talk about this in, in, in my book and in my work, real relationship begins when we, when we, when we get over the fantasy, when we start to let go of the fantasy. Mm-hmm. And what that means is we don't get everything we want. Mm. We don't get fantasy is I get every last damn thing that I want. Perfect. Fantasy is perfection. Yeah, and yeah. Part of the manifestation work and the, the self-worth work is I deserve all that I want. A hundred percent. And you do deserve all that you want, but it doesn't mean that life is going to be able to give it to you mm-hmm. in the way that you want. I think this is part of, you know, also redefining our, our very patriarchal approach to life, which is power over. Like I can make anything happen that I want to happen. Mm-hmm versus power with, mm-hmm. right? Which is I am a co-creator with life. I'm in partnership with life, which means my 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 little will isn't necessarily going to win the day every time. Mm-hmm. I have a say, but how life fulfills on that, on that desire or that vision, it's not entirely up to me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think this, again, this shows up in relationship work when we're willing to be a little heartbroken, you know, I, I want, I want my wife to do things with me that she just doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Certainly not at the frequency that I want to do them. Mm-hmm. And I have two choices. Well, I've, I let's, and I probably have infinite, but let's just whittle it down to three choices. I, I can pretend it doesn't matter and just shut my heart down a little bit. Like, well, fuck it. I don't need that anyway. Mm-hmm. Fine. It doesn't matter which is what a lot of guys do, especially I can not shut down and, and pretend that it matters completely and be resentful and angry and keep, keep, you know, harping at her. Why don't you do this with me? Right. So I can either shut, shut down, implode inward, or I can keep, keep exploding outwards. Mm -hmm. Or I can, be with the fact that man this this hurts it hurts that that Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to do these things with me but you know what i'm not going to punish her for it i'm also not going to punish me for wanting it Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna be with the pain of it Mm. i'm gonna allow the heartbreak of this to just be a part of my experience Mm -hmm. and and inside of that heart i call it the divine heartbreak it's like the it's like the heartbreak that is mine to carry that there's just no getting rid of there's no bypassing it no one's going to save me from it this is mine to carry mm-hmm. and i can allow this heartbreak to to open me open my heart allow me to feel even more to have compassion cuz my wife is going to have her own heartbreak mm-hmm. It's the same. I mean, my wife wants things from me that I can't give at the frequency or or depth she wants me to give them. Mm. And 
that ain't going to change overnight and it may not change ever. Mm -hmm. So she also has to live with, well, she doesn't have to, but she can choose to be with that heart heartbreak and allow it to, to soften her and to, and to keep her open and in, in being compassionate. And when two people in a relationship are able to hold that stance and, and it's like, allow the desire, allow the heartbreak, allowing the look, we, we meet each other plenty in our needs. We do, we feel connected. We, we, we dance every day. Um, it's like allowing all of it. I mean, yeah. that's the magic of relationship. And that's what I stand for in relationship is, is, is all the feels, all the, 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 the whole experience is, is, it has to be welcome. Yeah. Or, or, you know, it's, um, I'm cutting, I'm killing off a part of myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's really hard work. Um, it's hard, and hard work. I'm curious for those listening that are like, you know what, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try what Brian's saying. Mm -hmm. However, in their relationship, there's so much built up resentment and they're just stuck in the muck at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. And it shapes how they communicate with each other. It shapes how they walk in the room with each other. So mm -hmm. what are some steps for either clearing that resentment or shifting the energy of the relationship if they want to try everything that you've offered in this episode? Yeah. Well, let's be really clear. My wife and I talk about all this stuff. It's not this stuff isn't hidden. Yeah. We're both aware of what our needs are, of what our longings are, even of, of the heartbreaks that we hold. Mm -hmm. And we both have compassion for each other. Neither one of us is like, well, you know, sucks to be you. Yeah. You know, not my problem. Neither one of us ever takes that stance. And that's also what allows us then to hold all of this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if I'm not suggesting for a second that somebody be with being violated, in some way, be with being abused, be with being betrayed in their relationship. I'm not for a second. In fact, I have a whole program called the Boundaries Program. Mm -hmm. The subtitle is Relationships Suck Without Boundaries mm -hmm. because they do. So, <clears throat> but I, I think, and this is one of the one of the distinctions that we explore in that program is the difference between requirements and requests. Requirements and requests. Requirements are the things that I know if this isn't happening, I can't, I won't feel safe in this relationship or nourished. Mm. Like a lot of women, many men too, need, for example, communication every day. Mm -hmm. Now, some people pretend that's only a request, but it's really a requirement. Mm -hmm. And if you're not clear, between what is a requirement versus a request, the the likely uh, outcome is is chaos, confusion, resentment, mm -hmm. disconnection. Mm -hmm. But if you're aware, it's just a request. Like you know what, I'm I'm actually okay if if my partner doesn't call me every day. If he calls me at least a couple you know a couple times a week, I'm fine with that. I'd wish he would call me every day. That's a request. Mm -hmm but I'm okay if he doesn't. I mean, I'll be, I'll figure, well, then that's on you to be with the heartbreak, to be with the, be with the discomfort. Mm -hmm. But if it's not a request, like a requirement, and it's okay, you get to decide what is a requirement. Mm -hmm. You know, Jade, you could decide, you know what, it's not a request that my partner do plant medicine. It's a big, big, big part of my life. I want to do workshops and retreats. I want to lead these things. And I need a man or I need a partner who's going to join me in that who's going to help me grow this like that. I want to go all in on that. And I need a partner. You get to say, 
-hmm. if that's a requirement mm -hmm. that he be not just okay with it but that he be in it he be getting the lessons etc it's like it's like a religion i mean if if you're a christian and you want your partner to be christian because you want to raise your kids christian yeah. better you figure that out today I've, I've known couples that uh muslim and, and jewish that that married had a beautiful marriage but when it came to raising a child they couldn't stay together because one wanted to raise the child jewish and the other was like uh did want to did not want to raise them jewish yeah, that's a big one. Um, I know for my partner, he's a Christian, believes in heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. I believe in something completely opposite. Mm -hmm. I still, I mean, I, I grew up in Christianity, so I understand it. Mm -hmm. But we have kids in the house. So it's hard to have that boundary of you're not allowed to talk to my kids about heaven and mm -hmm. hell. I will not mm -hmm. have to believe in a punishing mm -hmm. God. Yeah. So even though that's a boundary, to me, it also feels like it makes me sad because I don't want to have to have that boundary, you know? And so it is, it's hard to yeah. figure out what, and then I can also see my little, my little portal that has a should in it of like, well, if he did plant medicine, he <laughs> would know that heaven and hell is, <laughs> you know, so is it for him or for me? You well, know? he may not. I mean, look, I, I did uh, Santo Daime work for many years. Uh, do you know what Santo Daime is? No. Santo Daime is the, is essentially Christian, the Christian practice of ayahuasca. Wow. I've the never heard of that. Yeah, it's it's when the when Christian missionaries went down to the Brazilian Amazonian rainforest, and they you know they attempted some of the some of the Christian missionaries succeeded in in converting the the local uh, peoples to Christianity. Some of the Christian missionaries became practitioners of of jungle shamanism. Wow! But then there was a third thing that happened, which was the fusion of Christianity with the local shamanic practices it's called a uh, syncretism when 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 two religions clash and they create a third thing it's like uh, mm -hmm. voodoo is another example of like christianity merged with uh the religion of i think it's called yoruba anyway cuban a cuban uh, very shamanic uh ritualistic practice became voodoo yeah so so i did santo daimi for many years and it's we basically sat in uh almost like pews women on one side men on the other we would go up and drink our sacrament of ayahuasca and then we would sing songs to mother maria for four hours yeah just singing these christian songs mm -hmm. you know about god and jesus and it was mind-blowing mm -hmm. so you, you have no idea what what he's he might discover mm -hmm. on that path right you know, one, one, of, one of my teachers uh bob duggan his he would always remind me don't push the river mm. don't push the river brian and he would say that to me when i was really wanting something to happen that i knew like this needs to happen because xyz he'd say you know just be be, be careful brian you, you might be pushing the river here mm -hmm. now the river knows like you know life knows life always will show us the way and um you know, it's but I get you, Jade. I really understand the the that gap and that challenge. And and look, nobody wants to have the boundaries that we have. I I, I don't want to have any boundaries with Sylvie. I want her to just know everything that that she should be doing correctly to make me feel good and feel safe, and vice versa. She doesn't want to have the boundaries that she needs to have with me. She wants me to just get it. She wants me to just know exactly where her limits are and honor them fully and completely and enthusiastically. But that ain't reality. That's mm -hmm. not two human beings coming together. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so there is, there is even, even in having boundaries, there's grieving, there's sadness, there's discomfort, there's confusion and doubt and all of that. And, you know, again, I think the question is, well, can we allow for all of that in our relate? Can we, you know, Bob, my, this mentor said something to me too, early in the relationship with Sylvie, when we ran into one of our gaps, our big gaps. And I, I went to him saying, Bob, I don't know what to do. What do I do? And he said, well, what if you could just allow that so-called problem to be a part of your experience? Hmm. What if you could just allow that to be a part of your relational dance? I, I sat with that. And I, to this day, I still sit with it. Like, there's this it's like there's this fiction that I'm going to solve the problems and then we won't have any problems anymore. Like, you know, you and your partner are going to do ayahuasca and then you're going to be forever bonded in the same vision of the universe Mm -hmm. (laughs) and life and connection. And you're going to know each other's God source and (laughs) it's going to be amazing. And it might be for an hour, but then you're going to come back into your bodies and you're going to come back into your life and you're going to be raising children and he's going to be trying to figure out how to, 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 you know, do his work and you're going to be doing your work and you get this podcast deadline you, and all the human stuff's going to rush back in. And there you are again with whatever other challenge now presents itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So th- to, to bring it back to if there's, if we're like, the listeners are like, okay, I'm going to try what Brian's saying. Cause you started off with request and um, requirements. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you feel like it's basically sifting through those and having a conversation around it and, and kind of starting off on that fresh foot? Yeah. I think yeah. having a, giving a, doing an inventory of my requests and my requirements. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm also always a fan of getting third party support, work with a yeah. coach or a therapist, you exactly. know, do a, do some other program together where, where your, your, your hands are being held. So it doesn't look like it's the two of you against each other. You know, it's like my way or the highway or a power struggle. I mean, that's what a, a skillful third party or some a course or a program, something can help you so that so that you're again, you're just, it's not devolving into an adversarial conversation. Because if you haven't, if you haven't had a boundary around something for a long time, and all of a sudden you throw up a boundary, yeah. Like if you've been pretending something is a request, and all of a sudden you decide it's a requirement, mm-hmm. it's it's very likely that your partner is going to be like, "No, nah, I don't believe you," mm-hmm. or "I don't want to do it." Yeah. Why would why you've been going along with me not calling you every day for two years? Why all of a sudden you need me to call you? Mm-hmm. What well, what then? Yeah. You know, well, again, there are ways to navigate that, you know, in my, even in my boundaries program, I give scripts, actual mm-hmm. language that helps people word these kinds of conversations. Or they don't feel like ultimatums, I guess. Exactly. Because yeah. ultimatums are horrible. Nobody wants to either give one or receive one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have one more question, if that's okay, before closing yeah, up yeah, with yeah. the lightning round. So. Um, I would love to hear about your men's group, how it changed your life, because I know you're in the same men's group as Adrian, who's one of my you know, mm-hmm. closest friends. And yeah. the man that he is 
before he joined that men's group mm-hmm. and who he is today. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It's a, mm-hmm. I mean, the way yeah. he speaks is different. The way he feels yeah. about women is different. Yeah. And so I'd love to hear about the change that that made in your life and, and maybe what to look for in a men's group. I think that it's really important that men are challenged to access their greatness outside of their relationship. Oh my God. hundred percent. I mean, so I've been, I've been, either participating in or leading men's groups for about nine, nine years now, eight, eight oh, wow. years now. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it's been life-changing for me, for sure. And, and my partner, Sylvie also, you know, mm-hmm. she asked her this question someday. I mean, I, I, because, well, you know, the things that I, the, the highlights for me around men's groups are, we men need safe places where we can go. So in the men's groups that I run, we stand for four things that men need. Mm-hmm. We need to be witnessed, seen by each other, witnessed. We need to be supported. We need support from each other. We need to be challenged, right? Confronted and but we're always respectful ways. Mm-hmm. And we need to be celebrated, mm-hmm. witnessed, supported, um, uh, what I say, witnessed, supported, challenged, and celebrated, mm-hmm. right? We men need those. We need and we need them from other men. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that my wife can see me, she can support me, she can challenge me in respectful ways and 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 even celebrate me. I love that. However, that does almost nothing for my internal compass the part of me that's living in the question of what does it mean to be a man? Mm. I can't learn from my woman what it means to be a man. I can't learn from my mother what it means to be a man. In fact, a lot of men, certainly of my age, got really bad messages from our mothers about men. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom hated my father, divorced when I was four. And then so for the next, you know, 15, 20 years of my life, I just got the message that men are men are horrible. Yeah. And I'm a fucking man. <laughs> so, um, you know, w- one of the really important things to look out for is because there's a lot of, there are, I think there are still a lot of unsafe men's containers. Mm-hmm. And what I would define as unsafe mean, it means that I, there are still going to be old school, old paradigm, uh, ideas about what a man is Mm -hmm. for example a man is you know one who succeeds at money Mm. a man is one who gets the hottest woman in the room you know a man or or lots of women Mm -hmm. a man drives expensive cars because he can handle his business and make you know all those old school ideas wrapped up in kind of new age new age or or just you know social fancy social media marketing Mm -hmm. i think that can be really just it just perpetuates harmful stereotypes yeah about about what it means to be a man and mm-hmm. i think you know the, the group that that adrian and i are in you know we've been in for i think adrian's been with us for two about two years now and i've been in that group for four years and you know we're 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 14 men we're i think we're seven seven white ish men we're five black ish men and you know we have an asian man and we're we're there's a lot of flavors a lot of political flavors a lot of racial flavors mm-hmm. um, a lot of back different backgrounds it's invaluable mm-hmm. because we we get to 
you know, one of the great things that I love about being in a men's group and men's work is we also get to learn how to do conflict in, in skillful and respectful ways. Mm. Yeah. That's so, so important. Cause that also then allows us that enables us to show up in our lives and other places where, where maybe we're either being bullies mm -hmm. or we're just, we're being people pleasers, Mr. Nice guys. Mm -hmm. And the ripple effect of being in a, in a good men's group where it's held well, you know, meaning old, those old school ideas of what manhood is aren't being perpetuated. You know, the, the competitive who's got the biggest dick mm -hmm. thing isn't, isn't, isn't present there. Mm -hmm. um, um, where we're being, as I say again, witnessed, supported, mm -hmm. challenged, and celebrated where, where that's present. Oh my God. It just, it's like, I don't, I feel like I'm not, I'm not carrying all my burdens alone. Yeah. You know, I have a group of men that I can vent to that. I can share my heartbreak with that. I can, you know, I don't have to burden my wife mm -hmm. with either all, you know, the vomit of all my stories and all the shit I'm carrying in my head, or I don't have, and I don't have to burden her with the, the heaviness of my own body that, that has nowhere for relief. Yeah. And there's something about it that evolves men in a way that can't come from anywhere else. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I know that, you know, just watching Adrian, like it's mm -hmm. been wonders for his relationship. And yeah. um, I think a big part of it is that he's surrounded by men that he actually does celebrate that he wants to be like and i think yeah. that if if a partner were asking certain things from you it can feel like she may be trying to change you or you're not enough but if he's around the man the man may be around you and you're talking about what you're doing in your relationship it's like ah maybe i'll try that because yeah. it's coming from another man you know yeah and and we're not we're not trying to change each other but we do challenge each other Mm -hmm. And that's a real key distinction. We're it's not trying to change each other. Hour. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about our fantasy football leagues. I mean, we, we might do that stuff, but yeah. that's, that's just side talk. You know, we're, we're really there to, to do life together, to, mm -hmm. to reveal the burdens that we're carrying, the heartbreaks that we're carrying. You know, we have, a, we have a man, we have some men that are going through losing a parent right now mm. and, 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 and that they have a place to share that experience and the heartbreak of it and not be judged, not be, not be told, you know, don't be a pussy, get over it. You know, all of those things, you know, we don't stand for any of that. It's all, all the feelings, all, all of life experience is welcome. Now we challenge each other. If we see a guy that's showing up in a way that's like uh, playing small in his life, or he's, we, we see that maybe he's, he's, he's being out of integrity with his relationship or, or, or whatever choices he's made, we'll call it out. Yeah. Always respectfully. Yeah. You know, respectfully, lovingly. I mean, that's the beautiful thing again about a men's group is is we we can we we're mirrors for each other mm -hmm. and um and yeah i mean you know put yourself if, if you're a man listening you know my best business plan has always been to just put myself in the same room with people who inspire me exactly and the same goes if you want to if you want to live a inspired life have friends that inspire you yeah not that drain you or just mm -hmm. trying to cut you down and I'm so thankful um, for for this 
piece that you're talking about because it is truly how the world heals because now these men are going out and they're being they're healed men who don't think that men are awful and they're that's how they father and how they partner and then through that it heals feminine too you know um the men are so much this whole um divine feminine rising like the men are truly the leaders in that they're not apart from it um and i think it's through this work that you're talking about in men's group i think it it for some reason i don't know how to articulate it but it feels like it can only be found there among other men yeah i think we we because particularly my generation of men we we didn't have fathers showing us the way our fathers were checked out themselves Mm -hmm. and so we're all of us are running around with this question of what does it mean to be a man? Mm-hmm. And we're either showing up paralyzed in our lives, which means not showing up, mm-hmm. or we're showing up and 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 expressing all of these really unhealthy. This is what toxic masculinity means. I don't really like that term, but this is well, what it's yeah, pointing yeah. at. It's pointing at you know, men expressing very boundary violating, unethical, unhelpful, unskillful, you know, d- damaging uh ways of being masculine yeah and when we come together in 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 thoughtful spaces with other men that are really engaged in that question of finding a new way to be to be what does it mean to be a man yeah the the, the healing of the world takes place i think we we can be containers for the great rising of feminine energy mm-hmm. we can be containers for it or we can fight it and try mm-hmm. to keep it keep it down Make things hard for women and men for that matter, Mm -hmm. uh, because we're afraid of losing power. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there's so much more we could talk about that. I'm glad you asked because it is this being in in men's groups and this men's group in particular that I've been in with Adrian and and some others that that you know. Mm -hmm. um, And then leading men in men's groups is is Mm -hmm. one of the greatest privileges and, and most important experiences of my life. And what a duty, yeah, to to hold that, those four things that you, and not just show up and, you know, like you are in a way healing as a facilitator, healing their wounds yeah. with men and, and what an honor, what a duty and what an honor. I know for me and my women's group, um, we, it's so different, I'm sure, what women do and what men do. I mean, we're like, uh-huh. we get naked and dance around a fire and sing songs over each other and massage each mm-hmm. other and like hold each other accountable for sure. But for me, it's the reminder of who I am. They constantly mm-hmm. remind me of who I am. And and then I can be that in the world. So really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So um, there's a few short questions I like to ask everyone yeah. on the show. The first is if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Oh, if I could hug my younger self, I would say, look, dude, uh, <laughs> You're going to go through some hard times, but it's going to work out amazing. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. I know you're going to feel alone a lot, but that aloneness is going to become one of your greatest gifts. Your greatest medicine is going to come out of the pain that you're about to experience in the coming years. Mm-hmm. So hold tight. Just keep going. Get the lessons. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I like the look, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's your little yeah, buddy. He's a, he's a little dude. Yeah. yeah. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? Um, if I could have the whole world read one book, what would it be? Um, 
Well, right now, I think the way that I would answer that, I mean, look, obviously, I want the whole world to read my book. Yeah. Uh, but uh, The Wild Edge of Sorrow by Francis Weller. Oh, it's one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. And it's a book about grieving. Mm. But I it's it, but it's more than that. It's not a book about, you know, that you read when just someone dies, and you need to figure out how to grieve the entire world needs to understand the importance of regular grieving because i believe that that humanity's greatest crises right now <clears throat> um are in large part a result of our un, of our unwillingness to grieve to feel what is there to be felt to feel our sadnesses we don't want any heartbreak and so we're doing everything we can to make the out the other people do what we think they need to do so that I don't have to feel bad. Mm -hmm. So The Wild Edge of Sorrow by Francis Weller. Yeah. And by not feeling that grief, it oftentimes turns into sickness and our body's just yelling, like, feel me, be with me. Yeah. Yep. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? Um, good questions. I would say... <laughs> I mean, I would say you're, you know, like a Byron Katie, you know, question your conclusions, mm. you know, don't believe everything you think, you know, not, nothing is as you think is as you think it is. The reason you're angry is not the reason you're angry. Go deeper, question more. So good. Thank you. Before <laughs> I let you go, where can people find you if they want to book a session with you or order your book or read your blogs? So my book, uh, well, my website is Brian with a Y, brianreeves.com. And um, my book is Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her. It's available on Amazon and all, all the websites. And I'm really focusing on working with men right now. I'm actually leading men's groups, both uh, mm -hmm. a year-long program called Elevate 2023, which will be starting to enroll shortly. Uh, for It's a small group experience for probably 10 to 12 men. Uh, it, this will be my third year doing it. Uh, I've got 13 men enrolled. I just came back from our five-day retreat a couple of weeks wow. ago. It's an incredible experience. So Elevate 2023 for men committed to thriving mm -hmm. in life. Um uh, and also I have a program now called elevate your relationship for mm. men committed to thriving in relationship. Mm. So that's also a group program where you get live coaching with me, but also we're creating a brotherhood experience be again, to, to help men feel supported by other men in our relationship journeys. Yeah. It's essential. We need each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you can find all, all of this contact me through my website. Uh, again, brianreeves.com. You can even find links to my, my books there and all my blogs and my social medias. And, you know, I'm on all the socials, but yeah. brianreeves.com. Thanks for asking Jade. Yeah. Thank you so much. Your, um, like I said, your work is just so healing. I truly think that it's how the world heals is through these men being surrounded with men that like you and, and that hold what you're holding. And from there, it just ripples out. So I'm so thankful for the life that you are in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jade. And I, I honor the work that you do as well. You know, we're, we're in partnership together, helping, helping. What, what does Ram Dass say? We're all just walking each other home. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jade. All right, man. I love that guy. I love him. I love his wife. Every time I see them at a party, I just, I just feel good. I feel good knowing that they're here.
that they're that they're in Austin, that they're in the world. Um, you can just tell that they walk the walk. Like who? This is not something that they've just rehearsed and they've studied. Like this is something that they live, you know. And and they're honest. They're honest about who they are and where they struggle and you can feel it in their presence. And, um, I'm going to have Sylvie on soon and I'm going to love having her on a second time. Um, I want to remind, you know, cause sometimes the word boundaries, you know, we talked about boundaries quite a bit. I want to remind, because sometimes that can feel triggering that another way to approach boundaries is by saying structure. Does the structure feel good? Um, also instead of like requirement or boundaries, you know, just like, you know, it would really feel good for me if you did this, or if this was a part of our, our routine, does that structure feel good for you? Um, just try, yeah, try that on. Sometimes boundary, the word boundaries or requirements don't, they don't cause a, a reaction in someone, but I find that with people that have big abandonment wounds, um, the word structure can feel better because structure also, it, it feels safe. It feels like, ah, oh, structure so that we don't fall apart, you know? All right. I'll thank my affiliates. Um, Gene Keys. I love being an affiliate for Gene Keys, y'all. It is changing. Um, it's changing people's internal world because they're, it's a journey of self-discovery. You can use the link in my bio or in the show notes. I'll spell it out here. It'll take you to the dream arc, but then from there, you can choose any course. Um, Venus is about love. Pearl is about um, prosperity. Uh, Gene Keys, uh, or sorry, the dream arc is about how to use your dreams for self-inquiry and um, using dreams as messengers. The link is Gene Keys, G-E-N-E genekeys.com forward slash the dash dream dash arc, which is A-R-C forward slash R-E-F forward slash 1707 forward slash. It's also in my Instagram bio. It's also in the show notes. Um, I do get a small cut if you purchase any courses. I highly recommend them. And I'd love to work with you as you work through them as well. The best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. Code Jade gets you 15% off. My favorite is the one that works with the bliss button, the clitoris. It uh, creates thrilling pulses of air around the clitoris and um, it's wonderful for fans of oral stimulation. It's called the Air AER. I like to pair it with my pleasure wand or my yoni egg. I, uh, I I'm also going to start teaching um, women on things that they can use, how ways they can use your yoni egg and, um, in, in all different ways. I love the yoni egg. I also love the pleasure wand, especially the cervical wand. You can have cervical orgasms with it. Uh, code it Jade for a discount there as well. It's wands, W A A N D S.com. And then all higher dose, uh, all infrared products at higherdose.com code jade 75 gets you $75 off. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. If everyone listening would leave a review, it would mean so much. All you have to do is click the five stars. You could type something out if you want, but it's definitely not a requirement. Um, it's a request, but I would love it. It would make me so happy. And then uh, share an episode with your friend. Uh, women, if you're listening, Share this with your partner. Share this with your brothers, with your father. Share it with your men. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unshamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.